Hey, what's up, everybody? This is your boy, Kai Green with Kai Green Speaks. Today, we're going to be continuing our series called Ask a Black Guy. This series was designed to create a safe space for people to ask questions around race, faith, and culture. This week, our anonymous question is as follows. What do you think is the most effective or useful way a non-black person can help advocate and support black people against systemic racism? Well, number one, I would say be cognitive that something called black fatigue exists. Now, I don't know if that's the technical term for it, but looking at the situation, putting together definitions, that's the phrase I came up with. What I mean by this is that people of color have been struggling for generations for equality. There's been different movements, but there's also been different setbacks. Today, there's such tension and such hurt and, quite frankly, disappointment among some of our peers, among some of our institutions, and even amongst our government in their failure to respond to the needs of many people of color. So a lot of people within the Black community especially are experiencing fatigue. Fatigue of constantly going into systems and institutions by which they have to integrate and continually uh, suss out the norms, values, and subtones of the culture's that exist in them. And that can become taxing, not just taxing on one's financial position, but it eats away at you mentally, spiritually, and physically. So if you're asking how can you be more involved, and if you're asking what you should know about the black experience or the experiences of other people of color, understand that they might not want to engage in that conversation. They may feel like it's kind of on you to go Google and use the tools that you have at your disposal. Understand that that's not meant to attack you personally, but the truth of the matter is, over generations and over many disappointments, a lot of people in communities of color are just kind of tired or fatigued. So if you ask these questions and maybe not getting the response that you want, I ask that you just spare a little bit of grace and understand that people just might be tired. Okay. Secondly, how can you support people of color uh, when it comes to systemic racism? Well, I like that when we talk about systemic racism, you know, we we think systems and I don't know if some people think very technical or very uh, or from a more engineered standpoint, but or engineering standpoint rather. But uh, when you hear systems, really think of policies. Right. And policies are just decisions, rules, structures. Right. Um, that drive our society. So when we talk about systemic racism. I think it's important to be able to come to a place to where we can say, yes, it does exist. Right. And um, once we're able to do that, though, I would specifically say that I think people need to um, if they want to be advocates, I think they need to expand their understanding Uh, of what it means to be educated on racism or uh, to understand racism. Now, I know there are a ton of books out there and a ton of resources that um, can get confusing and that quite frankly have a lot of layers to them and you can kind of lose yourself in them. But for a quick working idea, one of the things I would tell people is that when it comes to educating myself around racism, um, it doesn't mean just educating yourself on the experience of black people or of people people of color. Um, it does not mean re- reading as many social media tags or sharing as many you know, social media posts as you can uh, to say that you're an ally. 
but really educating yourself on racism, in my opinion, is understanding it in the various forms that it comes in, but then also understanding how to spot it more easily. You know, in a previous podcast, I talked about how racism is in three different forms for me. There's lowercase racism, which can be complimentary, and at times it can even be funny. Um, There is middle or uppercase racism, which uh, happens... um, you know, frequently, but it almost flies under the radar because it's not worded in such a way or it's not behaved or carried out in such a way that people know that it's uh, blatantly racist. And then you have racism, all caps, all the way across the board. And these are things like lynchings and people using slurs. Like these are things that we really see and easily identify as racist. And I think what happens too is that because those are things that we can easily identify, we tend to associate racism with a person and not with systems, structures, or institutions. So I think, you know, educating yourself on the fact that racism doesn't just happen to happen in a person, but racist can, or or racism can exist within policies or systems. Okay, so when you educate yourself, you might go, okay, Kyron, well, there are a ton of books that I can go read and all this different stuff that I can kind of look at, but how can I further break this down? Great question. I would say a great way to educate yourself on racism is looking at your actions, your thoughts, your vote, and even the policies at your job, in your community, at your school, and asking this question, what is the result of my decision? What is the result of my thought? Does it create racial equity or does it cause, you know, um, you know, uh, does it cause uh, inaccuracies, right? Inequality. That's kind of an easy way to look at it. I think that when we ask that question about, okay, this is what I want to do, or this is what I'm planning to do, this is what I'm supporting, this is what I'm not supporting, um, I wanna push people to educate themselves to go look at the results of what they're advocating for, right? The results of what you're, you're, you're wanting to do, does it positively or negatively impact racial equality? That simplifies a lot of the equation, right? And I think that sometimes when it comes to policies or it comes to systems, because they're not spelled out in capital racism, you know, because it's not steeped in terms or language that, you know, blatantly makes it obvious that it's racist, um, that we do not see it. Right. So think about some of our recent political decisions. Think about some of the recent changes that have been made in your school or even think about some of the recent changes that have been made at your work or ideas that you've supported or even social media posts that you have supported and ask the question, huh? Like kind of what is my return on investment on this? You know, how does it impact not the bottom line, but how does it impact racial equity? Is it creating a fair playing field? Or is it leaving some people out or elevating some people over others? All right. So after you realize there's something called black fatigue and give people the space to not engage. Secondly, you want to educate yourself on racism, all its different forms. And the fact that racism is something that can uh, exist within an institution and not just within people. Right. And that one of the great ways to test your thoughts or an institution or policy is to look at the results and ask yourself, what is the effect on um, racial equity? 
right? The third piece that I would say when it comes to how you can advocate, I would say tell the story. I think that as you ask questions around what, what the effect on racial equity is, it should open you up to new experiences. That should encourage you to vote different. That should encourage you to behave differently or even engage with people and experiences that you, nor you normally would not have engaged. I think as you do those things, as you have these new experiences and you learn that maybe some of the stereotypes or you learn that some of the fears or you, you learn that some of the negative consequences you thought existed actually don't, and you're able to go tell that story, I think that makes a huge impact. Oftentimes we do good things or we know good things and we don't share them. For me personally, I, I'm a person of faith. I, I, I'm a, I believe uh, in the gospel of Christ. But one of the funniest things about Christians, we hear it all the time, is that they don't share the gospel kind of like they're supposed to. You kind of have this good thing that you don't share. And I think that also happens with race is that there are things that we're afraid of, right? Once we can get past our own implicit bias, our own prejudices, right? And we can ask ourselves, what is the effect of what I'm doing have on racial equity? If we open up to new experiences, we'll then get new stories. Once we have those new stories, we have to share them. And here's why I say that. You can look at um, Simon Sinek. He does this great talk on uh, the law of diffusion of innovation. And it talks about how we have these different segments of our population. You have two and a half percent that are your innovators. You have another 10 to 13 percent that are early adopters. After your early adopters, you then have your uh, majority adopters. Then you have, uh, I think, like ladder adopters. And then the last group is called laggards. And those are people that just really don't want to change. Um, the early adopters and the late, or excuse me, the early majority and the um, late adopters, those two groups make up about 60% of our population. And that group is cynical and they're pragmatic. And sometimes, you know, we spend so much time trying to go after that group first as a big, large group that it's so hard to pull them in because they're either stuck where they are or they're cynical. And most of these people will not change until someone that they're tied to has a different experience until someone they're tied to pulls them over or influences them over by their own personal narrative or story or experience. Okay. So why is this important? I think that you, by listening to this podcast, you, by asking the question, how you can be more of an advocate, I think that that's a sign that you're an early adopter. And I want to win over as many early adopters as I can. And as you change your thinking or address the, the world, you know, based on the idea of how does what I do say, think, act, vote, how does that affect racial um, equity, and that opens you up to new experiences. I think the more you share your story, the more people we can pull out of the, um, you know, uh, the more people that we can pull out of that majority adopter stage and pull them into the early adopter and we can affect change in our culture and society. Um, I would love to talk more about the idea of early adopters, but I wanted to keep these podcasts short. So consider what I'm saying. Go look up Simon Sinek and the law of diffusion of innovation and see how these ideas can merge together for yourself.
right. That does it for episode three. Listen, before we go today, I do want to encourage you to go and take action and become a strong ally to the black community. One way to do so is by going over to our Facebook or our Instagram page and supporting a hashtag called Independence for All. My good friend, Dr. Harrison Pinckney, outlines ways that you can help commemorate Juneteenth in your local community. So again, go over to our Facebook and Instagram page at Kai Green Speaks for more information on the Independence for All hashtag and my good friend, Dr. Harrison Pinckney. All right, let's catch you guys next time.